0: Get your Bibles out. Let's get into the Word this morning. Uh, The book of Luke, chapter 22. I will tell you, just because I'm cliche like this, over the next few weeks, you're going to hear Christmas messages. Amen. Amen. So just get ready for them. They're coming. I just want you to know ahead of time, Christmas message. Let me tell you something. You don't even know the Christmas story yet. Do you know how many parts are involved in the Christmas story? you know how many parts are in scripture that you don't even realize that all pertain to the birth of Christ that we don't even know because we have been uh, customized and cultured into believing just there's one box. The wise men came to the end. There was no room in the end. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Jesus was blessed, and then he went and did his ministry, and okay, that's the Christmas story. He came to be the Savior of the world, that's the one we hear all the time. Amen? Y'all know which one I'm talking about, right? I mean, it's in from the cartoon versions to the heathen versions. You still hear it, and so this morning, I want to do a little bit of a twist on this because I want to deal with something a little bit different. Because I, how many of y'all been shopping the last week? You've been into Walmart lately? Yeah. It's psychotic. Yeah. Um, I, I went into the store the other day to return something, which was really stupid on my part because the line was like out, like rolling down towards the optic center. I mean, that's how long it was. And people were cussing and swearing and yelling and da 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 da. And I'm going, it's a return, dude, calm down. Uh, uh, you're in line. You cut in line. I mean, have y'all noticed that Christmas doesn't bring out the best in a lot of people? It seems to bring the worst in a lot of people. And the truth be told that the reason it brings the worst in most people is because people haven't found out what Christmas is. They're still trying to discover what Christmas is and they think it's a box under a tree rather than a savior who lives in a heart. They think that the more presents you put under the tree, the more, the more popular you are. I, I hate to break this to you, and I, I want to say this to you as a sidebar very quickly. I don't care what presents you buy. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you got a lot of money. You gave your kids everything you want. No gift in this world will ever buy your children. No gift in this world will ever buy your heart. There has only ever been one gift that changed a life. It's the one we come in to worship every Sunday morning. It's the one that we walk with and talk with all week long. There's only one gift that has ever been in the, in the consistent space of existence. There has only ever been one gift that satisfies. But unfortunately, in the world we live in today, Christmas has become consumerism. Come on, work with me for a second. We consume more than we can handle. And then we're completely disturbed six hours after Christmas. Because someone down the street got something better than what I got. Oh, you might not love me. Let me, let me just give you a quick story real fast. I thought it was kind of uh, ironic that this kind of happened yesterday. So yesterday morning, I, I got up and I, I took my son to get a haircut. And, and, and I come back home and I, I find out from my daughter that there was nine cops in my neighborhood on yesterday morning. So I go down the street because, you know, when packages get delivered, people don't read addresses. And so our package got dropped off down the street. So I had to go down and get it. And as I'm going down the street, one of the neighbors pulls up. She's like, Brian. And I was like, yeah. she's like, did you hear what happened? And I said, no, what happened? And she's like, there were nine cops in the neighborhood this morning. I'm like, I saw a bunch of cops, but I didn't know what was going on. She's like, yeah, my neighbor across the street was standing in his front yard with a loaded pistol threatening to kill his wife. Yeah, yeah, y'all got the same reaction I had. (laughs) That was Nine doors down from my house. And I started to walk back home and I realized what it was. It's the pain of Christmas, not the promise of Christmas. Because if you're a betting man, something went off that caused problems in that family and things broke down. And I started to realize that no one's looking for peace. They're looking for stuff. And so as I was writing this message, I want to give this to you because I want you to see this. Because I, what, what, if, what if Christmas wasn't about what was under the tree? I, the more and more I'm getting, I'm getting older and, and my kids still want stuff and that's normal because they're kids. But truth be told, I'm starting to find spaces to create more memories than I am creating gifts. I think, come on, work with me. Say, anybody, anybody grew up, didn't have a lot. So when you got kids, you were like, mm, I'm going to give them a lot. Then you found out six hours after Christmas, they didn't care what you gave them because it got put in a corner. You're like, do you understand how much I slaved to buy you that present? Do you understand the the hell I went through to get you that? And now you're going to put it in the corner like it doesn't exist anymore? No, you're going to play with that toy. (laughs) Oh, no, you're picking. I don't care. You're playing with that toy. Y'all with me? Am I the only one in the room? Come on. Because I have felt that pain. And a year later, they don't even bring up what they got last year. They're looking for the... Next thing, can I just say this to you? That's happening in the church because Jesus isn't enough last Christmas. We got to get something new from him this Christmas. We got to keep picking up new things every year because we, we need something more. Let, can I just say this to you? Christmas is not December 25th. I don't know if you look at your Jewish calendar, um, but December 25th is not Jesus' birthday. I don't care what you tell me. That's just a day we've decided that Hallmark wanted to pick. If you do your history, you'll find out real quick. Hallmark picked that day because it just seemed like a good day. Amen. Okay, so, so, so that's not even Jesus' birthday. And here's the truth of it Does Jesus really have a birth date? Or does he have a resurrection and the life? Yes, see, see, this is the problem. I, 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 we have to get into these games as churches every Christmas and retell stories because we have to remind the church that the whole reason we were here all year long was because of Jesus. What are you going to do January 1st when it's not Christmas? Still looking, still wondering, haven't found him yet, don't know if he's coming yet, don't know what's going to happen next. Can we put the trees out in the middle of the year so you can remind us again that Christmas is still here? What if next Christmas I don't put any of this out? What if we don't decorate? What if we don't put trees? What if we don't put up lights? What if we don't put up the, the pretty fake poinsettias. Well, what if we don't put up any of it? Would you still be reminded that Jesus came that you might have life? Would you, is this, come on, work with me for a second. We got to put lights on our houses because we remind ourselves to be the light of the world. Yet some of the houses that are putting up lights on their houses right now are, are covering up what they put up for Halloween. Just, just saying, don't get offended. <laughs> But, but, but I'm tired of the game of Christmas. I'm tired of, because here's the thing. If we really found Christ in Christmas, we wouldn't worry when Christmas was coming next year because we'd already have the answer, the promise, the presence, and the presence. Amen. All right, all that just to open up Luke 22 or Luke chapter 2. Get your Bibles out. Luke chapter 2, verse 22. I've got a decent amount of scripture, so I'm just going to read it. You're going to ride with me. Or we're going to come out of this together. Luke chapter 2, verse 22, it says this. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him, who are we talking about? Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens, who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer, excuse me, a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Okay, get into verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at the things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, watch what he says, behold, the child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which will be spoken against, and there's an abbreviation here, yes, a, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I'm going on to verse 36. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. Amen, tribe of Asher, praise God. Um, <laughs> she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. Who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers both night and day. And coming in at that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Pastor, what does any of this have to do with Christmas? I am glad you're asking me that question because this morning I want to deal with a sermon titled, What Are You Looking For This Christmas? I could even change the title to What Are You Expecting This Christmas? Because if you look at the story of Anna and Simeon, they had an expectation, they had a promise. Unfortunately, we do not operate in the space of promises and provisions during Christmas. We operate in once and once and once. And give me's, and give me's, and give me's. And then we are unsatisfied because we are not satisfied with what's been placed under a tree. Can I just give you a sidebar real quick? Did you know that the original Christmas tree was not on the ground, it was on the roof? I'm going to mess with you so bad. Do you know that the Christmas tree was designed as a greater than, less than sign? Do you want to know why it was put on the roof? Because the big part of the tree was on the ceiling, which was heaven. The small part of the tree was pointed at the earth, which told you that you are less than the God you serve. Look what culture's done. I'm greater, he's less. There's no expectation any longer. It's just another day. Go to the store. Just people watch. I double-dog dare you to go to Walmart this week just stand at the door and just watch for a while. You're going to find out some stuff real quick. I was standing in one aisle, and I'm hearing a lady go, I don't know how we're going to pay for all this. I don't. We're going to take out a loan. I'm sitting there screaming on the inside, no. but if I don't get this they're gonna be mad. Let them be mad. They'll get over it. They will suck it up, buttercup, and be okay. They will be just but if I don't give it to them, they're not gonna be happy. Mm. 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 You were can I You were not created to please people. Oh, I get quiet in this Presbyterian church real fast. But, Pastor, if I don't please them, then they won't love me. If pleasing people is what makes them love you, then they never loved you. <laughs> I was created to disappoint all four of my kids. All of them. Pastor, you that's just wrong. Why would you want to disappoint your children? Because if I give them everything that they want, then they'll choose stuff before they choose God. Ah. You, know, you know, where's my son? Is he in here? No, he's in kids' church. I can talk all kinds of trash now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They're like, Dad, can I get this? Dad, can I get that? What you think? I made of money? But, but, Dad, come on. But, Dad, Dad, please, Dad, please, please, please. Come on. And all the kids, you as kids, y'all did all did the same thing. But, just please, please. Man, I looked at my, my son and dad and said, listen, man, I remember when my brother and I used to have to go in on halfsies just to get the Christmas present we wanted. Like, bro, you pitch in your side, I'll pitch in my side. We'll come together and get one thing, and we'll love it. I told him, I said, son, one time we wanted a TV. Now, this is back in the day. That's when 32-inch televisions were a big deal. Y'all remember that back? See, I'm showing age now. These kids are here like, the 45 and 50. That's a small television. Brother, that's, that's, that's big money right there back in our day. That, amen. Or you had the old click, click, click with the U and the Y. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we had some of those, too. You know, the console televisions that had the remote that was bigger than a brick? My grandparents had one. It was awesome. If you got those U-channels, you were big money, bro. You were, you were riding on the big side of life, right? Okay. As if your antenna was big enough with tinfoil. Amen. Um, y'all think I don't remember. Okay. So, so I remember we wanted a 32-inch TV. And I went to my parents and said, we wanted a 32-inch TV. That's a big present. That's, that's big money. So my brother and I, we shared a big old room in our house. And I said, bro, if we go together. I said, man, we went to Christmas that morning. We had one present. The two looks at me goes, one? I said, Bubba, that was a big deal. But we were satisfied. We were satisfied because it didn't matter. We, we got the one thing we wanted. I said, unfortunately, today's culture doesn't want one thing. It wants a bunch of things. That's why Jesus is never enough anymore. And let me help you with something. I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about every day of our lives. Listen, listen, Christmas and presents is is not just a December 25th thing. It's an everyday thing. It's it's what have you done for that? What have you done for me lately? That's the that's the song we sing to Jesus all the time, because when 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 the novelty of what he already did for us wears off of us, then we start expecting more. What if I told you that Jesus is not going to give you anymore? He's already given you everything. Okay, that's just not even in my message, so let me get back to the message. Okay, so in the book of Luke, we come across two characters who make their appearance in the final acts of this Christmas drama. A man named Simeon, a woman named Anna, or if you like Frozen, Anna. Praise God. Uh, they, they don't appear in any nativity scenes or in many Christmas cards, but they're significant players in this first Christmas pageant. But of these individuals, but, but of these individuals we're waiting for some... Something. Actually, they were waiting for someone. They were they were waiting. I, I, I know waiting is not something we like anymore. Come on, work with me up. Nobody likes to wait for anything. Yeah, people don't like to wait for anything. I want it right now. I, I want it my way right away. You got this. We got this Burger King mentality. Give it to me right now. And if you don't give it to me right now, I'd tell you my wife's king cake story, but I'm gonna let her tell you that on a later date. Amen. Can I tell it? Can I tell it? Okay, so 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 this is a good story. This was funny. Uh, so we're going out of town after Christmas and 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 my brother, it's Asher's birthday, my brother's birthday, my sister-in-law's birthday. And so they 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 like king cake. Can I get amen from somebody? And, and so my wife's like, I'm gonna go to Randazzo's and send a king cake to Denver so that when we get there, so I'm gonna take it on the plane and all that foolishness. And and so she goes in there and she's like, I wanna order a king cake to send it to Denver. And they're like, Well, we're gonna be closed, but we'll be open on the 30th. And she's like, can you, can you send it on the 30th? Well, I, I, we just, we, we don't know. Can, can you send the cake on the 30th? I, 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 I don't know. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to find out. And she goes, she just responded, whatever you got to do, just figure it out. I need the cake to go on the 30th. Now, some of y'all are like, oh, she said that. You would have said it too. It's king cake. Work with me for a second like give me my king cake now jack i want that king okay i don't really care about the king cake that much but she does and and if you've watched my wife long enough she waits for randazzo's to open she knows like the schedule of when randazzo's will open and it's hours and when you can order and what kind of king cakes you can order and if it's not a randazzo's it's a dong fong it's a whole other ball game but but i'm just saying it's just it's it's craziness in my house And she's like I, I whatever you got to do you just got to make it happen and 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 i started Okay, babe. All right. You got to breathe. Like if they show up in church, that's the crazy lady who ordered the king cakes. I mean, uh, so, so, but, but the truth be told is, is that we live in this space where we're always expecting to get what we want when we want it. Come on, work with me. You expect people to do what you want when they, when they, when you want it done, but we don't wait anymore. And these two people are sitting in this moment waiting for Jesus they knew Jesus was coming. They had a promise that the Messiah was coming, and they decided to wait for him. Simeon was waiting for comfort. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25, it says there, it says, that there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Listen, let me give you the backstory. Things weren't going real well for the nation of Israel at this point. They hadn't heard from God for many years and were under Roman rule. They had lost their political independence and were living in fear of King Herod. Many were wondering if the Messiah would ever even come. Anybody ever feel that way? Is he ever going to show up? Is he ever going to meet that need? Is he ever going to bring that peace to the moment that I'm going through right now? Simeon was desperate for comforting, and his expectations focused on the comfort that only Christ could bring. And the Holy Spirit prompted Simeon to get up that morning and go to the temple courts at just the right time, on just the right day, that Joseph and Mary were bringing their infant to the temple. Can I just take a sidebar for a second? Because when I wrote that, something clicked in my spirit. Did you understand that on Sunday mornings, God's waking you up, not so you can do church, but so that he might see you? Yeah, And when Simeon looked at the baby Jesus, now about six weeks old, he knew that God's promise had been kept. Do you know that his promise has been kept? Here was Emmanuel, God with us, to make everything right, to provide significance by his presence, and to eliminate rejection, fear, and loneliness. And I love what it said in verse 28. And it says this, I'm just kind of paraphrasing. Simeon had reached down and took Jesus out of Mary's arms and began to praise God. And he broke out in praise. He acknowledged that God had not only fulfilled the individual promise to him, but also had the promises of the prophets to send the anointed one to comfort both Jews and Gentiles. Can I just say this for you for a second? Stop just getting Jesus on Christmas for yourself and understand that he came for your whole family. See, we unwrap Jesus on Christmas for us, but I want to unwrap him for my kids' kids' kids. I want to unwrap him for generations that go well beyond Brian. I want to unwrap them for the ones in my family that are lost and running from God. I want, man, I want to listen. Oh, Jesus, help me. I get to open a great Christmas present because my brother, my older brother, is back. He's back in the things. I, I get to open up some stuff this year because he's the promise. He's the hope. He's the glory. He's not left me. He's not forsaken me. He is my consolation. He is my peace. He is my joy. And I'm preaching better than you're talking to me this morning. Because well, no, I just I just I just want a present. Why does Pastor get a present? I don't get a present. Where's my gift? How about you go look in the daggum mirror tomorrow? Because you've been unwrapping that sucker all week, all month, all year long. You put you put wrapping paper on it every day. You might not like what you see in the mirror, but at least there's breath in that thing you see in the mirror. See, this is where we get jacked up. We think that we got to have more stuff, more things, more... Can I just be honest with you? What what Kirk did this morning is difficult for me. Pastor, how can we we bless pastor? Stop. I'm I'm not asking for this. This is hard for me. Why? Because I'm good. I had surgery this year. My heart's beating really good. I got longer life. Do you understand what kind of presents I get to open up this Christmas? Do you know how much more joy I have just sitting in the room watching my kids happy that I don't care about anything else on the tree for me? What would you get for Christmas? I'm a live sucker. Watch this. I'm breathing. But you don't, if you loved me, you'd have bought me a gift. I am your gift, sucker. Come on, work with me for a second. He said sucker in church. Maybe just for a second, if you just realized it. I was kind of reading something today, and I was just kind of writing some things out, just personal, my own personal space. And I just realized, me, Brian, I'm going to be a little personal. I'm God's greatest gift. Because his presence dwells in me. You're God's greatest gift. I watched this video. I'll play it for you next week. It was funny because husband and wife are in bed and they, he sits up and he's completely wrapped. Face is wrapped, whole body's wrapped. He's laying in bed. He's completely wrapped in wrapping paper. He tears it off. He's like, man, this is amazing. And his wife sits up and she's completely wrapped and he's like, you're alive. You're breathing. She rips it off and they're like smiling at each other. And I'm like, God, I wish most people could wake up like that. Just in the understanding that Because of Christ, we're alive. See, this is... Simeon's waiting for comfort. He says, God, I don't want to die until I see the Messiah. Every day of your life, here's the great part. You have an opportunity to see the Messiah. When I was was going through all my heart stuff, I had a battle with death. I I don't know if y'all ever have dealt with this, but I had a fight with not existing. It kind of got into my crawl space and kind of made me think in areas that weren't good. And, and I would have anxiety over the whole thing like, what the what ifs? Come on, work with me. The what ifs, the what if this happens, or who's gonna do this, or how, my kids, and all, all these, these thoughts. And, and God started doing me, He said, Brian, the only reason that you battle the fear of death is because somewhere in your existence, you have overcome the space that I overcame death, hell, and the grave. Somewhere in your existence, I'm not enough to overcome the fear of death in you. And so now death is scaring you rather than death brings life to you. Because my word says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. So you need to understand that I do and handle everything in your calendar and schedule. And there is nothing that will happen in your life that I will not permit to happen. So I just need you to ride this ride with me. Then all of a sudden I started getting over it because I realized that Jesus came that I might conquer death. See, the, the presents aren't toys. The presents are life. The things under the tree this Christmas are, are the promises of God. You're in this room. What promise will you open this year? You might open it and a box is empty, but in that box is your life, your promise, your heart, your, your marriage, your kids. My God celebrates something bigger than another toy. Because that junk breaks, but God doesn't. Simeon's looking for consolation, and when Simeon looked at the baby Jesus, he knew God's promises had been kept. He broke out into praise. He he, he didn't just praise for for what he was seeing. He praised for what everyone else would receive, because Simeon knew his time was up. Oh, come on. Could you imagine? I I read a story years ago about a pastor who around the holidays, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but because I don't want to just go there, but, but he sat at the dinner table with his family after a Sunday morning service and he looked at his entire family and he says, I'm going to see the Lord. And that evening went to see Jesus. He knew he had seen everything he needed to see. He knew what the promise was. He didn't need to fix anything. He could go home. See, the problem with we, we don't want to go home is because we still think we got to fix everything. If I could just have five more minutes, if I could just have another year, if I could just have another month, if I could just, if I could just, if I could just, if if you could just trust God, if you could just hold on to his promises, if you could just understand that he's more than enough, if you could just understand that God does not intend for you to be in pain or be broken, he has intentions for you to have life and life more abundantly, but he did not declare that that life was on earth, he just declared life. So you got Simeon who's over here waiting for consolation, waiting for peace. And then you have Anna who's waiting for deliverance. Her husband had died. She had dedicated herself to fasting and praying in the temple. The Bible says that she never left the temple but worshipped day and night. My God, this woman is sold out to the cause. Every night she's there. This woman was a prayer warrior. Man, you, man, you talk about a woman who was running after God she was looking forward to the same person as simeon was but with a different orientation instead of looking for comfort anna was believing and looking at deliverance you've got a man who's waiting to see the culmination of his existence and you've got a woman who's dealing with the pain of loss yet the one messiah can solve both light like that in baby form at six weeks can come in the room And a lifetime, years, 84 years of being a widow and feeling lonely can be broken in a second, not because a new boo came into her life, but because Jesus, the Messiah, the deliverer, walked in the room and said, I'll bring you peace. I got something for you. I, I know I know you've been lonely, but I've been sent by my father, and he has sent me to bring deliverance from that pain of the past. You don't have to wake up on Christmas lonely. You might be a single mom. You might be single. Sit back, relax, make yourself a cup of coffee, and hang out with yourself for a little bit and realize that God's working it on your behalf. You don't have to go look. God is the provider. I said, well, I'm, I'm lonely. Lonely hearts are godless hearts." I said it. You can write it. Because if you're lonely, then God hasn't filled the void. <laughs> I tell my kid, "I'm I'm I'm slowly adapting to this world of having daughters." And uh, dad, I think he's cute, little girl. Are you too small. Calm yourself. I will put a blindfold on you till you're 30. Amen. I will let you see people when you're 30. Amen. Uh, but Dad, I, 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 girl, you got two boyfriends in this lifetime, me and Jesus. That's all you got. And if they can't get past us, they ain't worth it. Amen. And uh, and but Dad, but Dad, yeah, I'm meeting the first one with a shotgun. Praise the Lord. Um, yeah, y'all think I'm playing? Come visit. It's gonna be a fun ride. Amen. It'll be good, good, good reality show. Uh, okay. Uh, this this space of 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 desirings and, 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 and wanting things and looking for comfort and finding the peace of life and find, come on, work with me for a second. Some of y'all in this room right now, I can feel it. I know where you're at. I've heard your stories. I I know you're doing struggles. I know you're going through things. I know it doesn't seem like it's ever going to change. I know. Ah, can I just say this to you? If you don't think it's ever going to change, then Jesus doesn't have enough room to have them come and move in you. Because you have filled your life full of stuff rather than the peace that only he can bring. Listen, if he can't come in and bring peace to you, then you have consumed yourself with too much stuff that you can't fix. Stop trying to be a fixer and let him become the carpenter. Stop trying to rebuild things and let him become the builder. Let him become the way maker. Let him become the promise. Let it all die. You can't change it. You can't shift it. You can't move it. You get to sit back and trust God. And I know it doesn't seem like that's okay. Well, God, pastor, if I don't do nothing, then what's God going to do? Take a deep breath, you'll find out. Right. Right. <laughs> Amen. What are you waiting for this Christmas? What are, you, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting to show up? Look, my kids got wants. Amen. My son wants a new pair of kicks. He, he's caught his daddy's jeans, and, and, and we like shoes. We just do. And, and we like kicks. And he's said, like, Dad, Dad, can, can we compare them custom Nikes? Let's go look. He wanted to put his initials on the shoe and wanted to design the color scheme and all this stuff. And he he designed a pretty hot pair of kicks. I wanted a pair, amen. And uh, wear them on Sundays. And, uh, and 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 we went to order them, and we could never get into order them. And he was disappointed. And he was like, but, Dad, I just I really want those. And I said, but, son, sometimes you got to realize that compromise is the best access point. Because maybe it's not what you want, it's what you need. Just relax for a little bit. We'll find out. We'll figure it out. We tried for a couple days, still couldn't get in. He comes back into my office the next day. He goes, Dad, can we just look one more time? I said, son, we've looked like 50 times, man. It's not, going, it's not changing, bro. It's not, it's not going to change. He said, Dad, can we just look? And we hit a button. I don't know what we did. don't know what we did. Hit a button and a pair of shoes popped. And he goes, those, those right there, those ones I want. And he said, he looked at me, he's like, how come we didn't see those three days ago? I said, because you waited. Sometimes you don't get to see what you're looking for because you have impatience. It's like buying the Christmas present and it going on sale three days later because you couldn't walk out the store without something in your hands. And now you got to go back and try to get a refund. Oh, here it comes. Why do we spend the majority of our time trying to get refunds from God rather than just waiting for the right promise? Oh, hey, God, I, I'm, I'm back. Can you give me that discount? Can I get that $13 back? Because if that $13 going to do anything for you. That don't even put like an eighth of a tank of gas in your car. Come on, unless you drive like a Prius. Amen. And then you, you, you're on a whole other level. Amen. But, but somebody, somebody, amen. I don't know where that came from, but I, I'm not going to look up. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for my Prius. I thank the Lord for your Prius, too. Amen. So this woman is in this place, and, and she's, she's waiting for deliverance from this. So you've got, you've got two people sitting in the temple. One is waiting for the consolation, the, the hope of glory to show up so he can go on to see God. And, and you've got another one who needs deliverance from the pain of the past and the loneliness in her heart. And, and, and now this baby comes in, and you go, what's the significance of the baby? The baby has nothing to do with it. It was the purpose. Stop celebrating a baby and celebrate a purpose. Better yet, celebrate a promise. Oh, but I just need to see little baby Jesus in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. No, you don't. You need to take Jesus out of the manger, put him in your heart so you can walk in the promise and purpose that he has for you. The word redemption is related to the idea of captivity. This is what she was looking for. She was looking for redemption. She was looking for to be freed from her captivity. In the Old Testament, Passover and the release of Israel from Egyptian slavery stood in Anna's day as the ultimate redemption and the symbol of God's power to release one from captivity. When Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all who were waiting for redemption. Here at last was the one who would save his people from their sins. Christmas provided Jesus. Jesus provided what they needed. What do you need this Christmas? That's a loaded question. Some of you need a better marriage. Some of you need better kids. There's some giggling in the room, amen. Some of you need your kids just to stop being crazy. Amen. Amen. Some of you just need peace in your home. Some of you just need to be able to crawl up in bed and go to sleep without the turmoils of existence wondering how you're going to make it tomorrow. Some of you need to wake up and know that everything that you have is because God's given it to you, not because you've made it, but because God blessed you with it. Some, some, some of you are wondering how you're going to get through it, how you're going to make it. Some of you are battling issues in your own body. Some of you are battling sicknesses. Some of you are battling uh, uh, depression. Some of you are battling anxiety. Some, listen, I know what you're dealing with, but what, what, here's the crazy part. I, what I'm telling you is not a hope that one day it'll happen. It's a promise. The problem is, is that we never unwrap the present. We just talk about the big present under the tree. Come on, work with me for a second. When a big present shows up under your tree, how many of you want to know if it's for you? Is that mine? Is that mine? That one's for me, right? My kids ask that all the time. Who's that one for? Why is theirs bigger than mine? You don't even know what's in a box. It could be trash. It could be trash. And you're more caught up in the size of the box rather than the promise that was in it. What if I gave you a box this big? My wife would be like, it's jewelry. Praise the Lord. But if you opened it and there was nothing in it, but yet you were flooded with the promises. And the purposes of God. Would it be enough to sustain you? Or would you be looking for something else come the next day? Do you know how many fights break out on Christmas Day? <laughs> I lived in a house of them, praise the Lord. It, we, we, we talk. My mom is in the room. She knows I'm not talking, referring to her. But Christmas was tumultuous. It started off cute and fun and cuddly, and yay, we're all getting up, we're going to have Christmas. 45 minutes into Christmas, all hell broke loose. Warfare took off. World War III went off. People were storming out of rooms. It got nasty quick because the anxiety. I believe that still to this day. It wasn't because there was pain. It was because there was anxiety of, did I do enough? Am I enough? Have I accomplished enough? Is it enough? Are they satisfied? And when there was any lack of satisfaction, there was frustration. And then there was, you see where I'm going at? Come on. Anybody ever been at Christmas like that? Work with me for a second. I know it exists. We're, oh, my Christmases are perfect. We wake up and we feel angels around the room and, and we see that there's a manger in the living room. We're like, how did that get there? And woo. No, he lies. I walk up rubbing my eyes because I was up till three o'clock in the morning, putting together some stupid Hot Wheel card thing that's in the living room that I pray to God's gonna work when my kid touches it. Y'all working with me? And you know I didn't read the directions, but I did it. Come on, work with me. No man needs directions. Okay. I got this. Bam, your kid's broke with a broke arm. You're in the ER on Christmas Day. Amen. What are you waiting for this Christmas? Whatever it is, Jesus can give it to you. Whatever you're looking for, Jesus can give it to you. Can any of you identify with Simeon? Can you identify with Anna? I'm not saying in the same perspective, but you're in this room and you're like, God, could this Christmas be different? Or are you just stuck in the repetitive nature of "It's just another Christmas"? Here comes Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas. (laughs) If I hear that song one more time, I'm gonna say bad words, and you're gonna have to pray for me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's just another Christmas. It's just another holiday. It's just another. It's another time to go broke. I don't know if you know this statistic, but most people are paying off three years ago's Christmas still to this day. Because if I give you a bunch of stuff, you're going to love me more. No, they're going to despise you more. Because there will come a day that you can't do that. And when you can't do it, you'll now be labeled because you're not as good as you were last year. (laughs) So what are you waiting for this Christmas? Christmas. Can you identify with either one of these? Do you need comfort? Do you need consoling? Do you need a fresh sense of God's presence? What is it you're looking for? Do you need a Boaz? Do you need your boo thing? I just want somebody to love me. Ask God to hold you. Watch what happens. Or do you identify more with Anna? Do you, do you feel like you're in captivity this Christmas, bound to something? Do you feel like you're trapped in a pattern you can't break out of? Do you feel like you're stuck? Do you feel like there's no hope? Do you feel like you're just, ah. What are you wanting this Christmas? Are you really wanting anything? Are you expecting to receive? Are you looking forward to anything special? I am. But it's not stuff under a tree. It's a greater relationship. It's a greater walk. It's a greater pursuit. It's a greater uncovering. Because let me help you with something. God doesn't put new gifts under the tree. They've always been there. I just got to see them. And decide whether or not I'm going to open them. Can I give you these real quick? Give me 10 minutes. I'm going to get through these. You go, that's a lot of paper to get through in 10 minutes. Amen. Can I give you three steps? Nope. Stop. Right there. Just stop. Ben, come on. I'll give you the other parts next week. Next week, I'm going to give you three points to finding what you need this Christmas. Pastor, why would you just stop? Because I don't want to rush through it. If it's a word today, it'll be a word next week. got to deal with this because I I just feel this in my spirit. I feel the weight of it. Can I just say this just as a pastor would say it? I bind the spirit that would tell you you're not enough. Look, trust me. I want to give my kids the world. And let me tell you something. My mom and my dad did great things for us as kids. And I don't think I ever really appreciated what they did. I think I got to a point where I just got comfortable. I mean, come on. My brother and I were so crafty, we'd unwrap Christmas presents and rewrap them, and no one ever knew. We'd bring knives and slide right under the tape, open up the present, play with the present, put it back in the box, wrap the bad boy, and on Christmas morning, be like, <gasps> See, now she's mad at me. See, look, she looks at what I did. I got rebuked in church. Because Christmas just became another day. With stuff. See, if, if Christmas was really a part of my existence, I wouldn't need a day to go buy a certain amount of presents to qualify myself for my family's love. But yet, because my giving heart, I operated in it all year long. Tiff and I were talking about this. I said, you know, what is Christmas? We, we come on work with me. Y'all all we all do it. We get frustrated because how many Christmases we have? It's like my God, how many. How many Christmases can one person go to? And you gotta buy for this one, 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 for this one. and the frustration of ah, Why is it that we're just not enough for each other? Not only, not only do I want to be a gift to my wife, and I know she's a gift to me, but who else can I be a gift to? It doesn't mean I'm coming with gifts. It doesn't mean I'm coming with toys for your kids. Who can I be a blessing to? See, the gift of Christmas is that Jesus, who came to the earth to bring deliverance and salvation to those of us that were lost and are lost. That gift now lives in us. Watch this. And the problem is we won't open up each other. We ignore each other to find what somebody put up under a tree. I would rather, and I know this sounds weird, but I would rather you come to me or I could come to you and unwrap and see what's on the inside of you. Because maybe you hold the gift that I need. Maybe you hold the peace that I'm looking for. But no, I need, if you loved me, you'd do it under, no, if I loved you, I would just love you. For God so loved the world on Christmas Day. For God so loved the world, period, that he gave. The consumerism of Christmas has only been created is because we are great at hoarding what we are afraid of losing. That's mine. Rather than here. Take it. We we were were going through stuff. Because, you know, when you have four kids, you've got to purge your house. Like There's an annual Christmas purging that has to go on in our home. We started really talking, like, what do our kids really even play with? Come on, some of you parents are looking at me like, you think about it. Half the crud you got in your house your kids don't even touch and you going to add more which tells me that what I bought last year didn't satisfy so what can I do this year I'm sitting in the car with my son the other day and we're driving down the road and of course he's got a cell phone and he's watching little YouTube videos and Art stuff. He was watching somebody drawing or something, and because he's big in art, and he was watching some dude draw a character. He's like, "This is so cool!" And I said, "Hey, Bob, can, can you put your phone away?" And he and he, he kind of got frustrated with me. And I said, "Son, why is that frustrate you? I'm not frustrated. Yeah, you are. Your whole body language says you're frustrated. Why are you frustrated?" I said, is it because I asked you to put away the phone and just spend time with me." I said, you know, son, the reason that I do that is because growing up as a kid, I didn't have those moments. I, I, my dad was a, a working guy. I mean, he worked for the military. He was gone a lot of times. And, and so we just never had that relationship. And, and, and all, all as a kid, that's what I wanted the most. I didn't care what you bought for me. Just spend time with me. Make memories with me. Do something with me. Don't tell me I didn't do good enough. Tell me I'm going to be great even though I stink at it. Show me that you love me, encourage me, strengthen me. God, just sit down and color a coloring page with me, please. So I'm sitting in the car and I said, son, I said, do you know why I say these things to you? I said, son, I didn't have that grown up in, and I, it's not that I want to sit here and tell you about my life. I want to hear about yours. I want to unwrap you because I want to see what's in you. I want you to desire to unwrap me, so that you might have what you need from me as your dad. He's got. Quite, I didn't get. I didn't get into all that space, but that's what I was feeling. And he put the phone away, and we just started talking and cutting up and laughing, and we were making stupid jokes. I'm not telling you what we were talking about. We're just being dumb. And I realized. I want memories. I want things we can talk about. But the problem is, is that we ignore each other looking for something else. I believe with everything in my heart that Christ dwells in Ken. I believe with everything in my heart that Christ dwells in Aaron, Marcelo, Jennifer, and Paul. I, I believe that Christ dwells in Roxanne and Jerry. How many presents are you overlooking that you refuse to unwrap because it might not be wrapped the way you want it wrapped? It doesn't look. It doesn't have the package appeal that you're looking for. It doesn't have the pretty bow on it. It doesn't have the shiny paper on it. It's not perfect. But it's those that are standing in front of you and around you. Open up them and find out. Here's the crazy part. You might open up a present that needs what you have. And then you now become a gift to someone else. My kids will get Christmas presents; they are. But we're also going out of town, so Christmas went <laughs> like this. We went less, and I looked at him. I said, "What you want?" I said it just like that. "What you want?" No, I didn't say it like that. I said, "What do you want?" I said, "You want presents or memories? What do you want?" And my two big kids looked at me and said, "We want memories, Dad." Because I want to change the future. But the stories I tell today are the memories he left for me. So the father left me this book of memories. And because of these memories, now I have a desire to leave a book of memories for my children to spend time with them and love them and to unwrap them every day of my life. Because I hate to break this to you, my three-year-old's got something I need. My five-year-old in all of her rambunctiousness. There's some things she brings and there's some things she doesn't. Amen. It's, It's like this. When Tiff got pregnant with Hope, You got to just take a minute and look at it for a second. We had Judah. We named him Judah because he meant praise. And we believe in naming our kids. And so Judah brought praise into the house. And I was all about Judah. She was like, we're not naming our kid Judah. I said, all right. And then when she was pregnant with hope, God spoke to her through a season of her life that said, this one that you're about to have will bring hope into your life. She's, for those of you that don't know the story, she's the same girl that visited me in prison before I met Tiff in a dream. She gave me hope when I was incarcerated. That's my little girl, Hope. She ain't so little anymore. She's about to be 10. I don't know where all those years went so quick, but they're gone. Then we get pregnant. We have, we're going to get ready to have love. And she's like, I want to name her love. And I'm like, no. Who names her kid love? It's weird. We got hope. We get faith. Let's just do the normal duo. She's like, no, it's love. Finally, one day, God just said, let it go. Who knew that God would send someone to help us strengthen love in us. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Out of all four of our kids, she is one of the wildest. She really is. But she reminds us through every circumstance to keep loving. And then she's, and then, he, then they bring us Asher, which was, it was always planned but not expected. Can I, can I work it that way? God's plan is bigger than my expectations. But he was not expected. He was a peekaboo baby. We know how he got here. It wasn't like a surprise. It wasn't immaculate conceptions, y'all. Come on. <laughs> but, but. That I used to tell everybody: he wasn't planned. And God says, "Shut up." He was always planned. You just didn't see it. I didn't realize that Asher would bring such peace. So I got praise. I got hope. I got love. I got peace. You go. That's my gifts. For a guy that never thought he'd be married, never thought he'd have a family, thought he'd screwed everything up. God not only gave me a beautiful wife who loves me, but gave me four amazing children. And I'm not saying that because I'm biased, I'm saying that because I'm biased. <laughs> I'm blessed. I don't need anything else. My spirit is satisfied. Have you looked at the gifts that God's given you? Are you satisfied? Are you waiting till December twenty fifth to see what else you can try to get in your life that might satisfy you? And let me say this as a as a closing statement: This is not so you can go home, take all your presents out front of the tree, look at your kids, and be like, "You're not kidding." Nothing, Pastor said you don't need presents. Don't don't uh, don't misread what I'm saying here. <laughs> but remind yourself what this is about. My kids are going to get gifts. I already bought them. They're done. They're in the closet and I'm trying to keep them out of it. Amen. Can I just look? Can I just look? No, you can't look. At the same time, don't let them get caught up. Tell them the story. Unwrap you. Unwrap them and watch what kind of gifts have been living in your house this whole time. And if you don't have anybody to unwrap or, or find somebody, say, hey, can we get together on Christmas? I, I, I didn't. You know, I've been alone this whole time, and I didn't realize you were even here. Can, can we hang out? Cause maybe you got that that I need. I don't know if you realize this, but there's a gift sitting right next to you, waiting to be unwrapped. Everybody, stand to your feet. feel that? It's just, maybe it's just me. I just want to declare over you peace in the middle of this season. First of all, you're enough. Be okay. You're enough. You don't have to perform. You don't have to produce. You are a gift from God. And on top of that, Rest in his goodness. I know he's going to listen to it later. I'm more excited about my trip after Christmas than I am Christmas Day. I got one of the greatest Christmas presents this Christmas. 30 is at 11 o'clock at night, and he picks us up from the airport, I'm opening a present. I'm opening up the promise. Because God told me, he said, don't quit on him. And I know there's moments that you're frustrated with him, but don't quit on him. Just hang loose. I'm going to work this thing out. I plan in January, I plan on talking to him while we're there about bringing him here during next year to preach in this house to you. You go, but he's not a pastor. He don't have to be a pastor to declare the word. I'm opening gifts, Jack. Best Christmas ever. You can have the best Christmas ever. You just have to decide what you're going to open this year. What gift have you really been waiting for? With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, if you stand in this room and say, Pastor, I want this gift. I want to receive it, but Christ doesn't dwell in me. If that's you in this place and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to make this the best Christmas you ever had. Because the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lord of peace, is going to consume you in this moment. If you stand in this room and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus, my personal Lord and Savior. that's you, raise your hand as high as it goes. Say, Pastor, that's me. Okay. Let Let me just be real honest. If in this moment your eyeballs are open, looking around, trying to see who's raising hands, maybe you need to lift both. Because if you are consumed with what others might do in this moment, maybe it's because you won't do it. If you're in this place, say, Pastor, I've walked away from God. I used to have that peace, and I allowed things to get in the way of my life, and I walked away, and I haven't been consistent in the things of God. And Man, I'm just listening to this. I want to receive those gifts you're talking about. I want this to be that Christmas. If that's you in this place, say, Pastor, I need to give my life back to God so this can be that Christmas. If that's you, will you lift both hands and say, that's me? Here's the great part, right where you're standing, if you've lifted both hands, God's meeting your need right now. It doesn't take you to have to come to the altar for him to touch you. All it says is that you have to say, that's me, I need it. So in this moment, God's moving on your heart. He's making every crooked path straight. He's healing all the broken pieces. You might feel like you're lost. You might feel like you're alone. You might feel like you're not going to make it, but I have a present for you. His name is Jesus. And all you have to do is decide to open it because he will come into your heart and change you forever. Do me a favor all across this place. Will you take the hand of the neighbor standing next to you? This is how we'll close. After service, if you need prayer, the, uh, team will be up here ready to pray for you and stand with you and believe for God's best. Father, I thank you for everybody in this room this morning. Father, I thank you for the gifts that stand in this room. huh Father, I pray that we would become so satisfied in you, not consumed by a date, not consumed by a moment, not consumed by producing, creating, or making, but be consumed by you and the gifts that you've placed on the inside of each of us. Father, I declare in this place that this is the last Christmas we'll ever want and wait. But that this is the Christmas where you, Jesus, enter the temple and we see the consolation. And we see the deliverer. And we leave knowing that Jesus has come. Father, today I ask that you would move on the hearts of your people. touch us, create in us a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit in us. Let us be consumed by you. Father, I thank you for this word and I thank you for this people. Thank you for your presence and your power. I thank you for your might. I thank you for your joy, unspeakable joy. I thank you God. This Christmas, we're going to get it right. This Christmas, we're not going to say we're going to make it about you. It is about you. And when we finish with Christmas, December 26th, it will still be about you. And we'll continue to unwrap each other all year long. We'll continue to love each other all year long and find the gifts that you've brought into this place and around us. Father, I thank you for every life, and I thank you for what you're going to do this week and the weeks to come. Thank you that 2019 has been a great year, but 2020, you got something even greater for us. We give you all the praise and glory for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.